Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the talk of the town. Uh, Is not, it? Yeah. Is not, it the, not the uh, seedy nightclub from Southend-on-Sea, mm. of course. No, of course not. Far fewer scenes of uh, drunkenness, nudity and fistfights. <laughs> so far. So, so far. <laughs> in, in our church and on our podcast. Yes. <laughs> The Reverend Ben is with us. Hello. We had a discussion yesterday about how silly the title Reverend is. Very silly. The fairly Reverend Ben Wolpe. Only by the grace of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And uh, the grace-filled Ben Wolpe is here. Mm. I'm here. I'm Alex. I'm one of the pastors. We're prattling. Revelation. Chapter 2, verse 1. I'm assuming I'm reading. Would you be so kind? I take that. I jumped on that. Very decent uh, fellow. Thank you. The letter to the church in Ephesus. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance, how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we're in our series on the promises of God. We've seen this word, I will, or this phrase, I will, come up over and over again when God makes a promise. And having looked at these five great promises in the Old Covenant, a promise to crush the serpent's head, and also to, to involve Eve in that story. Mm. Promised Abraham to give him an offspring, Moses, a promised land, and uh, David, an, a, an eternal throne kingdom, kingship. And then you, know, you did a great sermon last week on uh, the exile and the return from, from Babylonian exile yeah. back to Jerusalem and the holy city. All these promises refined and um, repeated and, and amplified, and they're all about Jesus. Yeah. And now we're at Revelation, the end of the Bible. Uh, Jesus has died, he has risen, he's ascended. And actually this part is Jesus speaking mm-hmm. through John to these seven churches and uh, seven New Testament churches. I think probably all getting a copy of this one letter, so seeing what, what is written to each church. Each church can see what's written to everybody, yeah. I think. Um, but it might just be worth, before we dive into this, doing a little bit about what revelation is. I know this is the easy bit of revelation, <laughs> yes. but it gets weird fast. It does. It and does get weird fast. People tend to avoid the book a little bit because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Ben, what's revelation? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so I think fundamentally this part that we're reading is the core of what revelation is. It's a letter to the churches, mm-hmm. and it's... It's to give them the words of the Lord and to into their situation mm-hmm. and to also give them the big picture of what's going on and what's going to come. 
uh, I think the main point of Revelation is that Jesus wins and yes. that Jesus is coming, uh, that he is coming back and he will win. And there's lots of metaphor and imagery and uh, that is used to tell this main point. Yeah. But I, I think if we keep in mind the main thing here that Jesus is trying to communicate is that he's coming and he wins. Yes. And that matters for the churches in their own situations. You've become the, the Simon Ponsonby of Christ Church Fox Chapel now with these speeches. This is great. I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> He's friends with all the people we listen to. Okay, great. So, uh, genre-wise, there's an aspect of the prophetic mm-hmm. here and an aspect of the apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the epistle. Yeah, okay. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, these are epistles. Right. In, in a lot of ways. Letters. That's so this is the second means. epistle of the Ephesians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. This is, this is the church. It is interesting looking back on the letter of Ephesians and then looking at this, which is, you know, probably a generation later. Right. And... Things gone wrong a bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. look, remember from where you've fallen and, mm. and kind of comparing those two situations. So a genre of writing that uses some degree of highly symbolic writing to convey fairly important things. Yes. Um, there's not a lot of that in our passage, but there is the lampstand business. Yeah. Well, and can we talk a little, real quickly about what apocalypse is? Yeah, totally. Uh, we talk apocalypse of zombie apocalypse or end of the world, you know, plague running through the whole world and devastating economies and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apocalypse just means re- revealing uh, revelation, like unveiling, I guess, is is a, a helpful word, I find. Isn't it ironic the, that people find this book so hard to understand and it's called Revelation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's supposed to reveal to us God's <laughs> truth and it's very obscured. But that's what that's all apocalypse actually means. It's just the yeah. unveiling yeah. or revealing. Right, and, and anybody that uh, is a fan of sport will recognize that often teams are symbolized by uh, you know, birds, wings, beaks, claws, flames, all sorts of things um, mm-hmm. that convey power. Um, so we're used to that a little bit in our, in our culture, yeah. the idea that symbolic things can convey a feeling or an idea. Uh, Jesus, helpfully, gives a little bit of information in chapter 1, uh, and he says, uh, and I'm, I'm in verse 20, uh, as for the mystery, not the Scooby-Doo kind of a mystery, but mysterion actually usually means a thing revealed, yeah. a God's plan revealed, actually. Um, of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, so here's this vision that he's got of these strange stars, um, and seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are angels, uh, and the seven lampstands are churches. So uh, each church that is copied in on this letter is um, represented symbolically by a lampstand in the vision that John sees. Mm-hmm. Um, lampstands have lamps on them, and they stand in the presence of God. And they shine light. They shine light. Mm-hmm. They're functional. Mm-hmm. Um, there's maybe a whiff of the liturgical here. There's a lampstand in the temple. Maybe not, but uh, it's it's a, an item that they would be used to yeah. as being holy, but also mundane. You've got yeah. them in the house. They're useful. They're practical. They do a thing. Lots of lamp talk and light talk in scripture. Yeah. Jesus, I am the light of the world. Then he says, you are the light of the world, talking yeah. to the church, which is weird. End of Revelation, he says, uh, it says God himself is the light and Jesus is the lamp. Right. Um, I forget the exact reference. Probably chapter 22. Uh, John, the light has come. 
Um, Jesus yeah. is the light of the world. Uh, yeah. Hello, welcome. Yeah. Someone came in to the room and left again. They were nearly converted. Um, so I don't know who that was. I what he was doing in here either. Yeah. We're during a pandemic, the building's entirely sealed off and some bloke walks in. Yeah, we are uh, just heard about us talking about the light of the world. and I think it was an angel. Maybe. It could have been the angel of our church. <laughs> Perhaps. That's right. Yeah. If he'd had um, one of those head torches on a flashlight in his head, <laughs> that'd be great, wouldn't it? If only. But he didn't. So uh, here we are, chapter 2. Uh, lampstand equals church. There's the algebra. To the church in Ephesus. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write. This is um, Jesus speaking through John to the church. The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven gold lampstands. And, you know, we started this series with Genesis. And that walking image just reminds mm. me of God walking uh, in the garden. Yeah. And this is... This is literally Jesus, right. specifically, because he said the, he's the one who holds the seven stars mm. and walks among the lampstands. Yeah. Um, just so, just yeah. sort of hanging out in amongst the churches. Yeah. I love, uh, you know, the family walk in the evening, walk the dog, talk. Yeah. It's a very lovely thing to walk and talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's a sign of just fellowship and yeah. normalcy. Like, I, this I, is what we expect. I had a friend in jail once, and she said, when I asked her what's the thing she missed the most, she said, walking and talking. Hmm. Just going for a stroll was the thing she missed the most. Wow. You know, all the things. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be my mattress from the original Mattress Factory. Um, <laughs> Are they a sponsor this week? <laughs> proudly in association <laughs> again. <laughs> so uh, Jesus says, I know your works and your toil. Well, that's a garden word. Yeah. Uh, so hard work. I know your um, occupation. I know your hard work. Your patient endurance. You cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and have found them to be false. So evidently, in the time since this church was planted, weirdos have come in. Yeah. They purport to be apostles, to have this authority from Christ, to, to start stuff and to teach and to author, and. Uh, they are not actually, they're false. Yeah. Which must mean that they're teaching and starting things that are false. I know you're enduring patiently, bearing up for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. This is great, you know, yeah. way. Yeah. This does remind me, though, a little bit of being called into the Dean of Lonsdale College, uh, <laughs> I think on the second occasion, and being um, threatened with rustication. Rustication? Being, what being, is that? Being removed, having my lampstand removed ah. from Lonsdale College. You start off real nice, butter you up, and say then, how great you are. And then the hammer falls. Bring the hammer down. Here it yeah. is. Um, the but shoe drops. I have this against you. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm a bit post traumatic. It's reminding me um, of trouble. But I have this against you that you've abandoned the love you had at first. Mm. Which was what? I think it's love for, for him. I think I love think, for Christ. Yeah, yeah. He's a church that's got some great doctrine. Yeah. I mean, they can smell a rotten preacher yeah. when one comes along. They've got some doctrine, and they're working at this stuff. They're faithful in a lot of ways. But man, are they boring? Well, and I think Jesus is calling out something here that's important 
for us certainly of like sound doctrine is not enough mm-hmm. and not sufficient for what he desires for us and uh, they they believe the right things they're checking all the boxes of orthodoxy and yeah. Christian faithfulness but they don't have love right they've lost and abandoned the love abandon is an active word too that's not a passive word right a deliberate like they've walked away from away. the love they had at first um so their so their sound doctrine has not kept them on track because the, there's this lack of uh, I don't know passionate relationship fire, with God yeah. fire yeah I, uh, one of our favorite authors Mark Sayers mm-hmm. calls this uh, he has a phrase called cold cold orthodoxy mm-hmm. yes and like people that have at one point experienced conversion or experienced the Holy Spirit and know the truth of the faith and they've walked in that they've committed their lives to it but like the experience fades the 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 love and the passion and the drive fades even as you still walk in orthodoxy but there's a there's a coldness to it there's a lack of fire and heat um that kind of just leaves you dead in the water and that, that's not a problem for the avid listener of this august production but Jim. Uh, hello Jim. but but uh I'm seeing that in our church, uh, and I've said this. Now, you know, unless I've become this sort of oracle of doom kind of a guy, uh, I got some great emails this week from people who are just telling me about how they've grown in the pandemic, how they've thrived, how Jesus is more real to them. I had four really mint emails from the church, which never happens. That's great. Really, really exciting and and, and encouraging to me uh, to hear that and see that. Um, But... And Kat actually has had some conversations with a couple of people who who report the same experience. But um, in our situation, it's quite easy to get a bit of knowledge and information in. But we're missing out on that love, particularly as love, agape love in Scripture, is not only just this vertical thing, me and God, but actually this horizontal thing situated within a body of Christ. And we can't be in a body right now. Uh, It's easy to lose the love it's very easy and it it sometimes feels like we are sliding into that or or the situation around us is kind of leading us into walking away but jesus words are harsher than that like to Mm -hmm. abandon the love we had at first is something that jesus holds against the ephesians and against us yes Um, yeah i have this against you I'm a bit freaked out by the phrase remember because the, the, okay, like you said, slide. And that's the same notion in a way. We we may not have seen it coming. We may not have been aware that our love was growing cold. Mm. We may not be aware that we've slid into cold orthodoxy. But you know, this thing has gone off the boil. Yeah. uh, Slowly. And and there's an active need to remember that that's the case. I think that's, that's frightening. Uh, the sliding is finished though, right? Because he says this, uh, from where you have fallen. Not, not, it's not an act of falling, they're out. Yeah, yeah. Repent, come back, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yeah. I, I guess what, I'm picturing basically I mean, who knows what, but I'm picturing one of these big uh, candelabra that we have in, in church. 
like like the one that holds the Paschal candle or the beer candle mm-hmm. if you have a funeral. And I'm just picturing a, a burnt out candle. There's no candle left. There's yeah. just this huge elaborate stick. And without any candle, it's just a waste of space. Yeah. It's actually gutting. Mm-hmm. And to remove the lampstand from its place, Jesus, is, the lampstand is the church. Yes. Kind of sounds like he's saying, I'm going to wipe out the church. It's no longer going to be there. Yeah. And I don't exactly know. Uh, Ephesus as a city doesn't really exist anymore. There's kind of ruins there. And, mm. and I'm not, uh, this is in Turkey. Uh, right. Turkey has some Christians there, but very few. It's a majority Muslim area. So uh, can we say that, that, that Jesus has done that? Maybe that's prophetically come true. I think it's Pittsburgh, as we can certainly hope that's true, of the church in Philadelphia. <laughs> Perhaps. It's, it's, it's a terrifying thing. Uh, but there's like a last chance or second chance. Yeah. Repent, repent. And that's the call. That's the call to all of us. Now, we read, we read scripture so individually in the West because we think of everything individually. That's mm-hmm. my thing. Uh, but this, like you point out, is a, is a letter to a church. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a warning. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a warning here saying, I'm, I'm pleased with some of the things you've done, but take heed, be, like beware, this mm. is coming. Because this is in the context, remember, of the goal, <laughs> the main point of Revelation is that Jesus is coming. Right. Like he is coming. So here's the warning and there's an urgency to it here. Well, actually, if we go back to the start right, of, of uh, Genesis, we go back to the start of this series, name a creature that has perfectly sound doctrine but no love for Christ. <laughs> it's Satan. Yeah. His doctrine's awesome. Yeah. He knows all about who God is. Yeah, and then Jesus says, uh, even, the, even the demons know. Uh, no, James says, even the demons know who, God, uh, who Jesus is, and they tremble. They tremble, yeah. 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 So he's not lacking in knowledge. Yeah. Uh, it, it's that knowledge has not joined up with love. Yeah. Yeah. So this church, and actually later on, I think one of these churches is described as a synagogue of Satan, which is a strong phrase. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. But it's, uh, that's, a, that's a terrifying phrase now. Mm-hmm. This is actually, so there's not this middling thing, you know, this is quite a good church. Nope. Yeah. It's satanic or godly. Yep. And I, I think about, too, I mean, Paul in several places writes about, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, all of this is worth nothing without love. Mm-hmm. I was just reading in 1 Timothy this morning, uh, you know, he's, he's teaching them in, to re- remain in sound doctrine, but he says the aim of our charge here is love that issues from a pure heart to good conscience and sincere faith. Like all of it is, is, is under the umbrella of love. Like sound doctrine is nothing if it doesn't have love, um, and, which is the core of the gospel and the core of the Christian faith, that sound doctrine and, and faithful orthodoxy uh, points us towards and, and supports. So should we head, head first, fist first into a controversy? Because, and we will get there also, it, it's possible 
to have all sorts of love without the sound doctrine. Yes, absolutely. That's another option. Well, and the question is, if it's not love that comes from the heart of Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life, and all sound doctrine comes from him, is it really love? Yeah. So actually what it is, is just, I quite like doing it. Or, or do we have things that we call love that are actually enabling sin and mm-hmm. evil and wickedness? Yeah. I find it interesting that this, this circular letter will get there. Mm. Um, there's a promise here, and it's a scary promise. And that is, if you don't have these two things, the doctrine and the love, it's not, it's not love focused on Christ, about Christ, and all about Christ, uh, and then manifesting the light and life and love of Christ to others, then, here's a promise for you, I will come yeah. to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Mm. Which means, what place is it going to be in? It's going to be hurled into an eternal dumpster. Yeah. And um, then he says, he says this, I mean, this, it almost feels like an aside, but I don't think it is. Verse 6, uh, yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans or Nicolaitans, or I don't know how they Something want to say like it, um, which I also hate. And that's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Jesus hates stuff. I don't know who these guys are exactly, but some scholars talk about it being a, a fifth column within the church, a sort of sect or cult that's got a twisted Christianity. Yeah. Some kind of heretical yeah. sect that's trying to undermine the true gospel. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's, maybe it's a sort of Jesus and group mm. that says, well, you know, you have Christ, but also add in a bit of this or that. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Um, and, of course, if they got sound doctrine, they wouldn't be interested in twisted doctrine. Hmm. Um, and then, but there's still this, this, this horrible promise. If you don't love me, I will kick you out. Yeah. Then, then another alternative promise. But, of course, this is a call to repent. He who has an ear, let him hear. That's, Jesus says this a couple of times. Um, in fact, I think it comes in every bit of this. It might. Um, yeah. So, so listen up. Hear me now. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. There's this revelation, there's this call, there's this come back. Look, come on, there's another chance. This is this opening up of the eyes and the ears mm-hmm. to receive this thing. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. We're back to Genesis again. Yeah, yeah. the tree of life is uh, in the middle of the garden that, uh, alongside the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, God had to banish them from the garden so they wouldn't eat from the tree of life and right. live they, in sin forever. Right? They, have a, they have a penchant for eating stuff. Yeah. And um, that's right, because they've eaten yeah. of this tree of sin, yeah. t- to eat from a tree of, of life would just leave them in perpetual sin. Yeah. So a good God sends them away. Yep, he exiles them. And he goes with them. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's saying here he's going to undo that. Yeah. He's going to bring them back into the paradise of God. Walking amongst them. Walking among them, like being their God, and they will be his people, and uh, everything perfected as it was meant to be. Well, yeah. And I, that must just be implicit in the passage, right? Because, yeah. because what is it that allows them to come back into the garden, into the presence, into the paradise, and, and never leave? Live there forever, never die. 
what is it enables them to come? Because because they're sinful people. Yeah. You don't even have to look very far to see that they're sinful people because Jesus has just told them they're cold. Yep. So something what is it that the Spirit is calling them to know? Yeah. And and it's interesting that to the one who conquers this is granted. Mm-hmm. And uh again, the main point of Revelation is Jesus wins. And yeah. Jesus is the one who conquers. He's the one who has the victory. And we are we are invited into that. Uh, we're invited to conquer with him. And I think the, that's kind of what he's drawing us into, to the one who conquers. And, uh, you know, the, the times, the evil, the, the tribulations, uh, because we're joined to Christ, that one will, re- will be granted to eat of the tree of life. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounded like a, a Wolpian conclusion. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add to, to top us off? And it would merely dilute the moment. <laughs> it would detract from that classic You don't statement. think this uh, exploration of that moment has diluted the moment? Oh, yeah. I, I guess it has. Uh, that's one of those ironies, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, it's terrible irony. Um, but on that bombshell the podcast has drawn to a close and all you need to do listener uh, is is not have listened to this last minute and and you will leave with you a will warm conquer. glow you will conquer <laughs> thank you for joining us it's been an absolute delight i'm sorry for the crude interruption of an angel in the midst uh, but they tend to know what they're doing so thank you for joining us and uh, there may well not be one next week but we shall see you soon god bless <laughs>